as we talk about uh, uh, graduating from, uh, from high school, there was a phrase that came to mind because I was thinking about what kind of advice can I give our seniors? And the advice to the seniors is also really going to be advice for all of us ultimately uh, uh, as we move forward. But there was a simple statement that I thought of. And it's a statement that gets our seniors excited. And the simple statement is this, you will be on your own. <laughs> gets you excited, doesn't it? It also scares you to death. It's your most scary phrase, you are on your own. Because not only do you have the freedom of being on your own, you have the responsibility of being on your own. There's no one that's going to wake you up in the morning to get to class or to go to work. There's no one, if, if you move out of the house, there's going to be no one that, that uh, makes your bed for you, washes your clothes, unless you bring them home uh, at, at a regular basis, uh, which is a nice way to, to connect with your folks. Hi, hi, Mom. It's good to see you here. Uh, can you hold these for me uh, and wash them and, uh, and press this one? No, I mean, you look at that, <laughs> you look at that and you think, it's, it's an exciting time of life. It's a time of discovery. You get to discover things that you've never discovered before. Things in life about what can you do, what can you not do. Uh, it's also this, this time of great responsibility. And I was thinking, what is the one piece of advice that will help you during this time? And the thing that I came across, the thing that I, that I thought about is, it's a time to learn to lead yourself. To learn to lead yourself, a term that scripture would use is self-control. But it's this idea of learning to lead yourself. Now, at first, when I started thinking of that term, because I've heard it in a lot of business seminars, you know, learning to lead yourself. If you're going to learn to lead yourself, uh, uh, I mean, if you're going to learn to lead others, you've got to lead yourself. Uh, uh, in fact, there was a statement by Michael Hyatt uh, of the Hyatt Hotel chain. He says, how we lead ourselves in life impacts how we lead those around us. So if you want to be a leader in life, you've got to lead yourself, is basically what he's saying. I started looking at this, uh, uh, this idea of self-control or leadership, and one of them is this idea of freedom. When you're a leader, you also have this idea of freedom, and you get this idea of freedom when you're, when you're uh, going and uh, graduating high school, and you feel the sense of great freedom. But this statement in a, by a second century writer, Epic, uh, Epictetus, said, freedom is not procured by full enjoyment of what is desired but by controlling the desire. That idea of self-control, it's one of the fruit of the Spirit. Because when I first thought of this idea of leading, I, I thought, is that even a biblical idea of leading yourself? Because aren't we supposed to be led by God, right? And in fact, I thought of all these different verses. Psalm 23, he leads me beside quiet waters. You think of Romans 8, it says, those who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are children of God. So, Father leading, Spirit leading, Jesus, yes, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. So, there's this idea of following the Lord, our triune God wants us to lead us, wants to lead us and wants us to follow him. But he also talks to us about this idea of self-control. Are they in conflict? No. We had guys up here who are going to be helping us as uh, the elders as we lead Mansfield Bible Church. Are there supposed to be elders leading or, is, or is, is Jesus leading the church? Isn't he head of the church? Isn't it his church to lead? Yes. 
It's both. The Lord is leading his church. Elders are leading as they follow the Lord. And so in our own life, we lead ourselves as we follow the Lord's leading in our life. And so that's how it works. And so you, you, you realize this is an important aspect of our life is learning to lead ourselves because we're going to face the storms of life. We just sang about that. We're going to face difficult times in life. How are you going to make it through those? When you get hurt by somebody else, how do, you, how do you process that so you can keep moving forward instead of getting stuck in the hurt? I have people all the time that come into my office and they're talking about the storms of life. They're talking about the difficulties of life. And what happens is, is they begin to talk about this problem. And once they get done, then they kind of, circle the field again and talk about it a second time. And then they kind of keep talking about it, and it's like at some point you've got to land this thing, right? You've got you to deal with it and find a solution. And in fact, one statement, and I don't remember who, where I read it, said, leaders think and talk about the solutions. Followers think and talk about the problems. And I think if I'm going to be someone who is in my life, leads out, in my world, and in my sphere around me, in my family around me, I've got to learn to think about solutions instead of problems. It's, it's a luxury to sit and think about the problems, but it doesn't help you a bit. You find yourself stuck in your pain, stuck in your loss, stuck in the, in the struggles, and you've got to get beyond that. And if you want to get beyond that, you've got to learn how to lead yourself. You've got to learn how to deal with those emotions in a way that's controlled. In fact, there was a uh, another quote that, uh, by Murray Kempton. He said, There is a raging tiger and said, Every man whom God put on this earth, every man worthy of his respect of his children, spends his life building inside himself a cage to pin the tiger in. And so you've got these passions and emotions. You've got you to build that cage, that internal cage that you're working on in order to control those things. And in fact, another writer, Oscar Wilde, in the picture of the Dorian Gray said, a man who is master of himself can end a sorrow as easily as he can invent a pleasure. We can end the sorrows in our lives by beginning to learn how to have this self-control that comes from the Spirit of God, this part of the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5. And as we learn how to, to walk in the Spirit and we learn this, this self-control, we, we're beginning to learn to lead ourselves through these moments of pain. There's, there's, part of the responsibility in life is that you learn to do that. In fact, it's a journey from the very time that we're born. Uh, we, we see kids all the time that... that, uh, that First, they can't walk, and you're teaching them how to walk. They can't eat, and so you're, you're putting the spoon in their mouth. Eventually, they grab the spoon and say, I do it myself, Mommy. I do it myself, Daddy. They grab the spoon. They want the spoon. And then they get the food all over their head, you know, and all over their body. But they're, they're learning. They're growing. They're figuring it out. And they began to slowly learn to lead themselves in different areas of life. They learned to walk. They learned to eat. They learned to dress themselves. They learned to... And, and so each phase of life, you learn a little bit more. And leaders begin to learn this in business where they 
they learn to take control of their emotions because if they don't deal with their emotions, then they run off some of their best employees because those people don't want to be around them because they, they're furious, they're not dealing with their anger well or whatever. There's got to be this, this self-control, this sense of I lead myself by his strength, by his power, through his leading so that I follow him. And the interesting thing is, is I find that we do that in so many areas of life as we are uh, 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 growing up. We have plans for all these different areas of life, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But we don't always have plans for our spiritual lives. And we need to think about why that is and what we can do to change that. And in doing so, I want you to look with me at 1 Corinthians chapter 9. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, we have the Apostle Paul, and he's speaking about his evangelistic effort. And as he, as, and kind of leading up to this, so you kind of know where the book is going, in 1 Corinthians is actually the answer to a letter that was written to Paul. And in fact, we know that there was problems in the church of Corinth. In chapter 1, verse 11, it says, My brother, some of you from Chloe's household have informed me that there are quarrels among you. So the first half of the book's dealing with quarrels and with the unity of the body. And then in chapter 7, it changes, and there's a phrase that you begin to see throughout the rest of the book. And it's a simple phrase in the New American Standard, in the ESV, it's now concerning. In the New International Version, it says, uh, the beginning one, it says, Now for the matters you wrote about, chapter 7, verse 1. Chapter 7, verse 25, it says, now about or now concerning virgins. Chapter 8, verse 1, now about food sacrificed to idols. And you realize he's going through a list. I wish we had the list so that we would know what he's answering here, but we don't have that. And all we can do is kind of surmise what the list may have included. And the list included a lot of different things in regard to the church, but especially as we look here, he begins to talk about the spiritual life and about how he mastered certain areas of the spiritual life for the gospel's sake. Because it's real easy for us to turn off groups of people to the gospel, turn them off to spiritual things because of how we respond. And he's saying, no, you need to respond in the right way. And in fact, leading up to, to our passage in verse 19, he says, Though I am free and belong to no man. So here's this idea of freedom, right? I make myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. So that we see what his, his goal is, to win as many as possible. And then he talks about, to the Jews, I became a Jew to win the, the Jews. And then to, to win those who are under the law and then to win those who are not having law and then 22 to the weak I became weak to win the weak and so it, it's like you think wait a minute what's the deal Paul is are you just kind of giving up all everything in order to just deal with the gospel are you giving up any kind of obedience to the law are you giving up what are you doing here what are you saying here and what he's saying is there are some things that are crucially important to move out of the way they're, they're tradition they're not the word of God in order to communicate the word of God. In fact, we see that with Jesus when he talks about a law called Corbin and he says, you guys are messing up the scriptures because of your tradition. You're allowing your tradition to, to destroy what, what the word of God is saying. 
The word of God is saying, honor your mother and father. And you're, you say, uh, oh, everything I have is dedicated to God. So I don't have to help my mom and dad in their old age. And so you begin to realize our traditions sometimes get in the way of the scriptures. And so Paul is saying, hey, if you need to, to, to be a certain kind of person in order to communicate the gospel message and it's not in violation of scripture, do it. He says, I do all this for the sake of the gospel that I may share its sufferings. And then in 24, he begins to talk about the race. He says, do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize, run in such a way as to get the prize. Now, you've got to understand where he's going here. If you know the Olympic Games and you watch the Olympics, then you'll understand all of his terminology here because he's talking about that. I mean, he's in Corinth, right? which is in Greece. It's a town in Greece. It's the place where the Olympic Games started. And they had some games called the Isthmian Games that were right there uh, in Corinth, uh, and and they they ran these races. So he's using a very, uh, an imagery, uh, an analogy that's very common to them that they all knew about, that they all were very aware of. They had seen not only the, the runners and the boxers and the different guys, but they, they, he, they also saw the training regimen that many of these folks went through. And so he's using imagery to go from the known to the unknown to help us to understand what is this spiritual life here that we need to focus on. And so he's saying, don't you know? He says, this is obvious. This is something that all of us should know, but we don't. Like, uh, I think it was Mark Twain said, common sense is not all that common. You know, and this, this idea of do you not know, he says it because not everybody gets it. And so we need to get it. There were six games that they had, uh, uh, six activities that they had in these Isthmian games. They had a wrestling, jumping, which I'm not sure exactly what the, they were jumping. Uh, javelin, we're familiar with that. Discus throwing, running and boxing and he takes two of those running and boxing and uses those as analogies here and so this one of uh do you not know that in a race all the runners run but only one gets surprised well duh that's right if you've been following the uh, dallas stars uh how many hockey fans do i have any hockey fans in the yeah a few of you uh, and you, you stay up late at night watching these games that start at 8 30 um and today they could clinch the second round and you kind of go, gosh, I didn't expect them to go this far. Why, why are they playing so hard with such fierceness? Because of that next phrase, run in such a way as to get the prize. They want to get the prize. They want to win it all. They want that Stanley Cup, right? They, they play, they work hard. They've been working hard all season. When they get injured, they try to figure out how to recover quicker so that they can get back in the game. I have one Dallas Stars jersey, and it's a guy that's still out, Johns. I'm just like, really? He's going to tell me I need to sell this jersey so he can get better, I guess. But, <laughs> but I, you know, I look at this, and I, and I think, what, have you ever run the Cowtown Marathon? Any of you all run the Cowtown and I don't mean the marathon necessarily, but maybe the 10K or the 5K or the half K or whatever it is. 
Raise your hands high. Be proud. Be, you know, there's a few of you that have done, uh, have gotten up on that day and lined up and gone. I've, I'm one of those. My son wanted to run the, 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 in the cow town and, and uh, he was in elementary school and says, I want to do this, Dad. And I said, good, I'll go with you. I'll do it. And so we get out there and, you know, we're kind of stretching. I haven't done a thing to prepare for the thing. <laughs> I mean, the only time I run is if something's chasing me. And, uh, or if I have a ball. If I have a ball, I'll, I'll run till I can't stand up. But, but to run, I, I'd rather be beat with a stick. I'm just not the runner kind, you know? And uh, I, I don't have the body for it. And so I, I'm this guy that just, you know, and so here I am, dad and, and son. We had a great time. Uh, we didn't win anything. We, we, we finished, you know? And, and, and that was our goal was just to finish. And, and we did, and we had a great time doing it. But there are those who are really serious about it. I mean, they, they train all the time. They, they're, they're running in such a way because they're thinking they're going to win this thing. I knew I didn't have a chance from the beginning. You know, my 100-meter uh, mosey speed was just not all that. And so I know that uh, when, I, when I look at that, I think he's saying run in such a way as to get the prize. And he's talking about the spiritual life. And I think, well, we, we do that to get the prize in other areas of life. And in fact, in 25, he says, everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. And you think, here is this, this crown that will last forever, and yet we tend to settle for the lesser crowns in life. We'll settle for the crown of finances. Uh, I, I work hard on my finances. I want to you know, be, you know, uh, uh, make Dave Ramsey proud, right? And so, you know, you work hard to have a retirement and, and to have an a, a emergency uh, account and to have uh, uh, your debts paid off and to, and to purchase things and to have a good job. And so we, we work hard on our finances. We work hard to have a good job. Uh, we have plans even for our vacations. And we know all the places we're even going to eat. You know, on vacation, I mean, especially those places, especially the really good ones. And, and so it's like we plan our whole life. We plan who we're going to marry and all these different things. And I think, what are our plans for our spiritual life? And many times we don't have any. No wonder we don't grow in Christ like we could. Uh, no wonder we struggle sometimes at the very difficult times of life. It's because our spiritual life is just as important as every other part, at least as important, if not more. So what are your plans in your spiritual life so that you can grow to Christ's likeness? And that's a question that I want to encourage all of our seniors to think about, all of us to think about, is when you, when you go to wherever you're going to go, if you go to a college somewhere else, that your first three weeks that you would plan, where am I going to connect with other believers that will help me grow in Christ? Because if you don't do that, I guarantee you that I've watched many people give up even their faith because they didn't have those people around them. They, you're, you're exposed to a lot of different things. I want you to know that I'm here. If you come across questions that you can't answer and you think, I, I don't think anybody has the answer to these, these things. We never talked about them in church, so there must not be an answer. Well, I want you to know there's a lot of things that we just can't cover in church that I wish we could. But there are great answers. And as I've been working on the PhD, I've been finding a lot more answers to different issues in life 
And there'll be things that you're exposed to, that you're surprised by, that will challenge your faith. And those are good things. That's good to do that. But know that there's answers also. And call me. Call, one of, call Jared. Call someone. Uh, we, I would encourage you in the first three weeks to do that. Uh, if you stay here in this area, uh, Tamara and, and Kendall are going to be starting on May 19th. It's a Sunday night, whatever, around that date. It's Sunday night. Is May 19th Sunday? Somebody? Okay, good. Thanks. May 19th, Sunday night, they're going to be starting uh, or restarting our college ministry, and, and they're excited about it, and, that, and they're going to get that thing going. And so I want to encourage you, join them in that. If you go somewhere where else, get involved in the Baptist Student Mission. Get involved in the Navigators or Campus Crusade for Christ or InterVarsity. Find some other believers that you can dialogue with about what you're learning in your classes and you'll find that it's, it's a more enriching experience and you'll come out with a stronger faith rather than a weaker one. Well, Paul goes on and says, not only run in such a way as to get the prize, in other words, keep our eyes on the prize, keep our eyes spiritually that, that we want to be strong. Uh, not only that, uh, but he wants us to, uh, to focus on the fact that we have a crown that will last forever. This crown that will last forever, when you look at a list of the five crowns that the New Testament talks about, one is the crown of life. And we find that in James chapter 1. The crown of life deals with suffering. When we go through suffering and we, and we walk with the Lord through that process of suffering, here's what he says, Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. And so just that sense of enduring through suffering, the crown of life is available to those. Uh, we also see, uh, not only that, the incorruptible crown that's talked about here, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. The crown of righteousness that we find in 2 Timothy 4.8. 2 Timothy 4.8 talks about this uh, uh, it says, For I'm already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time has come for my departure. I have fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day, and not only to me, but also to those who have longed for his appearing. So those, as we look forward to Christ's return, there's a crown of righteousness that comes as we continue to walk in faith with him. There's uh, the crown of, uh, I just lost my passage here. Uh, that, that uh, the crown of life, the crown of, that's incorruptible, the crown of righteousness, the crown of glory. Uh, and so we look at these different crowns that, that, that are available to us and, and we, we trust the Lord that he will give these to us in the last day. And there's a crown of rejoicing. He says, therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. And I was thinking about that imagery there, and I was thinking about how uh, we would never pay for someone, uh, uh, or, or we would be real concerned if we went to the Olympic Games, and it, people ran aimlessly. The gun goes off, everybody's lined up, and one guy runs that way, and one runs that way, and one goes this way, and one goes that way. We go, what the deal? What's going on here? Or would you pay for pay-per-view boxing if with a guy just kind of doing this? You know, just kind of beating the air, you know, holding his hands up. He won. You're like, where's the, where's the guy? Where's your opponent? You know, I mean, 
you've got to have a plan. You've got to have a direction in life. You've got to have a, 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 a direction for what you're going to do, what you're going to accomplish. And so when I look at these things, we need to plan to win spiritually. We need to do the hard work that it takes to get there, the strict training. That may mean that, that you do some daily devotionals. Just at least meet with the Lord each day. I would encourage you to get uh, uh, download uh, daily Devo. Uh, any of you that, that uh, struggles in your daily devotionals, this is just, uh, or, or would like some, a switch, uh, this is Shane and Shane. They do some music at the beginning, and then uh, they have different people write these devotionals, and they've been very good. They've repeated some of them, but they've been excellent. And then they'll end with a little bit of worship, and so it's, it's just a neat way to do a devotional in the morning, a simple way to do that. I would encourage you to think about memorizing a verse every once in a while. I mean, pick a time once a week, you know, one a week, one every couple of weeks, uh, and begin to memorize God's word, the strict training, uh, that you would, you would take time to pray, that you would have a time in your life uh, each day, that you would just talk to the Lord, and maybe that's going to work or going to class. Uh, um, usually for me, it was especially during finals, um, during the final itself, Lord, Give me wisdom. Give me uh, revelation uh, about the answers. Uh, you know, whatever it was. I mean, you find yourself praying at those times, but praying at other times as well. And then that you endure, that you hang in there. In verse 27, it says, no, I beat my body. And I think, wow. I mean, that, that, the ancient boxing was a brutal sport. They would have their knuckles bound in just leather, and then they would just beat each other up. Uh, black and blue, and so apparently the way they trained was they would hit on themselves. And I was thinking, wow. He says, I beat my body and make it my slave. In other words, he's tough. He's ruthless with himself. And, and we don't need to beat on ourselves, but to, to be strong about that, to, to hang in there, to, 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 uh, to not allow ourselves to get soft. He says, so that after I have preached to others, and you think, wait a minute, he's kind of changing the image here. Boxers don't preach. So what is he saying? He's combining the boxer with the, the herald, the person who made the announcement, who announced the winner and, and those kind of things in the ring. And so he's saying, so that when I preach to others, I'm not disqualified for the prize. I, 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 he doesn't just speak a good game. He lives it. And so when you look at what Paul is saying here in, in regard to, to the spiritual life, he's basically saying four things. You want to plan to win. You want to, you want to plan and, and, and have your eye on the prize. And that prize is the crown of life, the crown of righteousness, the crown of glory, the, uh, the different crowns that, that are talked about. You want to do the hard work. You want to go to strict training. You want to have that focus in your spiritual life just like you do in every other area of life. You want to have a plan. In fact, 85% of the plans that we write down, we accomplish. And so simply writing down a plan, and maybe that plan is you're going to read one chapter in the book of Proverbs every day. And, and you'll, in, in 30 days, 31 days, you'll read all the Proverbs. Maybe it's to read one chapter a day in the New Testament, and in about a third of a year, I mean two-thirds of a year, you'll read the whole New Testament. Make yourself a plan of what you're going to do, what you're going to accomplish, and then... Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. I love the illustration of 
um, Winston Churchill. He was a uh, uh, great statesman for England during World War II, and, and uh, he was just, just an iron will that kept England in the game and kept them from giving up and surrendering. And he spoke at a college commencement, and he just, here was this man, he drives up, walks up to the podium, everybody's waiting for these powerful words, and he just kind of looked to the left and said, never give up. He looked to the center and said, never give up. And he looked to the right, he said, never give up. Then he walked off. One of the most memorable speeches ever. Never give up. How can we never give up? We've got to learn to lead ourselves as God leads us. That we begin to walk in his spirit and allow his spirit to strengthen us, to give us hope, to give us the encouragement that causes us to walk through life with our focus on the Lord. Father, we come to you this morning, and we admit to you that we are weak, but you are strong. We admit that we doubt at times, but you give us reason for faith. We admit to you that we don't always choose what's right. But you are righteousness itself. You are goodness itself. Lord, we come to you and we pray that you would help us to learn self-control. Lord, help us to learn to live for you. Father, I pray that we would not just make plans in every other area of life and leave out the spiritual life, but we'd have plans for that part of our life as well. It's very much a part of who we are. And no plans, Father, I know, are going to lead to disaster in that area. And so, Lord, I pray that you would guide us and lead us in a direction. I pray for all of our students as they get out on their own and they enjoy that freedom, that they would also find in that freedom those who are believers in Christ that will encourage them in their walk with you. Because I know that you are the ultimate one who gives freedom itself. As you've said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And so, Lord, I pray that our students would find perfect freedom by finding it in Christ. Lord, I pray that you would help each of us to find perfect freedom by finding it in Christ along with them. And I pray that you would guide us and lead us. And we pray these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen.